It's a hunter seeker. The operator must be nearby. Hawking and Aiton was cemented into that hole six weeks ago. Ran the hunter seeker through a water pipe inside the walls. Sai, I failed you today. There's no excuse. You have my resignation. You would deprive us of your talents at this time. Sire, my honor demands. They tried to take the life of my son! I don't give a damn about your honor. You want absolution? Go catch some spies. Your grace. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Sweet Sweet Podcast. Today we are talking another big new release. We just recently talked about Malignant, and I think it's time we start diving into some of the, the newer releases. Um, this one's, I don't know if it was a big, expert, like a, the big blockbuster people were waiting for, because I think it actually came out kind of quietly. Yeah, it was It was on the download, definitely. Like It, it took me as a surprise a wee bit. No, I, I've been looking forward to it for a while, I have to say. Okay, that's cool. I mean, it's it just kind of came on under the radar. I mean, I knew it was coming out because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a movie buff and I, I look forward to my films and I keep track of what's coming out. But, um, I, Dune... I know, why you, I know why you knew this was coming out. A certain, a certain lady that will probably yeah. be most of the discussion of the podcast... <laughs> We're not here to talk about Dune. We're here to talk about Jessica. Yeah. She finally got out oh. from Karen's basement. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, she did. I wonder if she made the phone call yet to the police. She calls it stalking. Karen calls it selective walking. <laughs> she, had to, she had to go to a different planet to get away with Karen, from Karen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, I totally forgot about our girl. We talked about Rebecca Ferguson probably more times on this podcast than anyone, any other yeah. actor. I know all about her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we know that. <laughs> Far too much. So does she. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, printed, it's printed in the restraining order. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyways, <laughs> we're here to talk uh, Dune, the 2021 adaptation. Um uh, join with me is the usual band for Misfits. We've got Trevor. Good to be here. And uh, we're talking about Dune 2021. I thought it was the 84 Lynch version. Just joking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, God. Just joking, here we go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? We we got it out of the way. That's yeah, the important that's thing. That's it. Yes. Let it never be mentioned again. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Chris back with us. Yo, good to be back. And all excited to talk. I, I am. I, I This... I'll get into it, Jarna, but yeah, this was good. Okay. Um, yeah, you know what? I remember uh, the 84 film that Lynch did. See, I mentioned, are you happy, Trevor? Yep. Thank you, Kieran. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm honored. I will say this before we get into this one is that, first of all, the, the 84 Dune was quite groundbreaking visually. Also, it wasn't the bad reviews people think it got. It got pretty decent reviews, actually. It just didn't do well at the box office. And it made more headlines for Lynch's vision and what the studio wanted. And quite frankly, it's it's a weird one because Dune would be more of a studio budget kind of film, where Lynch is a lot more grounded of a storyteller. So I don't think he would be the right choice to tell something of this, you know, spectacle. 
Yeah, you know, he's very good with the. I mean, he, he yeah, he was he's known for a racer head, a racer head, elephant man at this point, and um, it, it's definitely something that was. I think he shouldn't have taken taken on the job. Well, just to, but to, just to add that, Karen as well. I I haven't seen Lynch's version, and I'm deliberately now not going to watch it until I've seen part two of this because, and again, it's difficult to tell. But I actually think it not seeing that has added to this because I'm seeing the whole thing for the first time. Fresh, yeah, yeah. I saw the Dune in '84 years and years and years ago when I was a kid. And I just blanked it out. I just remember Sting. <laughs> um, so yeah, it won't affect me any. Uh, they weren't going to do part two. Yeah, I heard that. They they just announced today. Green green lighted. Yeah. They green. It's been green lit. Well, that's good news. Now with the with the pandemic, it it made about a hundred million so far in the U.S. Not to mention HBO Max, and then you also held worldwide. But they, the cool thing about the studio, Legendary, they, they're backing it up. They're going, no, we want him to finish the story. Mainly because the reviews are skyrocketing. Yeah, they're really yeah. good reviews. Um, so it's nice to see the, the the Legendary and Warner Brothers both having faith in the director to continue, to continue the story. It's very refreshing in today's world, uh, today's film world, to see a studio... Yeah. Back in a film, not solely for money, yeah. yeah, for artistic reasons, and to me that I just hope that this can be the start of a new trend. The, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, the disappointing thing for me is just the, the obviously the the time gap that we're going to have between them. I think that's just the only. I'm happy to wait if it's if it means quality. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy to wait, but it would have been nicer to get a a part two, knowing that it's not that far away. Yeah, I do like that. A year gap, I get. This is two years. I played their their name before. Yeah, it's. But we'll see. We'll see. It's worth it because, yeah. quite frankly, I just I just finished watching it, and I got a series of questions. And uh, let's just start off with it right away by saying I'm shocked. That, I don't know if he was alive at the time that Tolkien or Herbert never sued George Lucas because <laughs> this yeah, has Frank Star Harper. Wars written all yeah, over. Yeah, it. absolutely. Fucking hell. Well, yeah. well, well. I mean, there's there's many inspirations to um, to the original Star Wars, you know, such as the Seven Samurai and and other sort of things. But, um, yeah, most definitely June. I'm not too sure if Lucas has ever admitted it, but, yeah. The, the, he needs to. It's basically, Dune is basically Star Wars for adults. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bear with me, guys, when I try to tell you the story of Dune. <laughs> now, before we continue this, um, we are spoiler-filled. This is a new release, guys, so if you haven't listened to it, we are going to be spoiling it. Uh, so, you know, give us a listen, then decide, oh, yeah, do you want to check it out? If you don't want any spoilers, uh, st- st- still listen. Who cares? Okay, so it's kind of like it's 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 like Lord of the Rings, but the houses are not Lord of the Rings. Uh, Game of Thrones with the houses. So you know the way you had House Stark and stuff. That's kind of like a part of it that I think is an okay. easy explanation for. Uh, I've never seen Game of Thrones. Right. Okay. Oh man, I forgot my intro. I was gonna do that whole a great man does not seek to lead. He is called to it, you and he answers. You probably would have. That would have been my opening for the podcast. But Kieran would have screwed it up. He would have been like, yeah, "Great man, that what Rebecca Ferguson? <laughs> Rebecca <laughs> Ferguson." Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. So the bad guys are the Harkians. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're the ones who go to the planet Arrakis. Yes. Yeah. And they're stealing the spice 
that's embedded in the sand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Space is the space is the biggest commodity book for uh, it's used for interstellar travel. So everybody needs it, and it's kind of in the sand. On, yeah. On, okay. On it's almost like replacing oil or yeah. 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 All right. So, and the people who protect the spice are the Fromans. Yeah, uh, they're, 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 they're the natives of the planet. Yeah, they, they live there, so they use the space for different... They, they believe the space has um, healing properties and um, has is more like a, a use for their own lives. And, and obviously, being around the space gives them that kind of... You probably see the, the very blue, blue eyes. Um, yeah. So, but yes, that's they're, they're the natives. They're, they're not necessarily... I don't think they're necessarily trying to protect it. They're just trying to protect their their land and and live. They've kind of been shunned away, um, by the people who have came to claim the space for the interstellar travel. I don't think yeah. it's necessarily they're protecting the space. I think it's just they're trying to protect their way of life. Well, it's, yeah, it's their planet. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they would see it as their space, you know. Yeah. But they would use it for not so much selfish reasons, more sort of um, profound. Sort of spiritual reasons, if, yeah. if that's correct. Now, yeah. as I mentioned before we started this podcast, I um, admit I have not read the book by Frank Herbert. Um, it has been on my to-read list for quite a long time. I, I can just manage the gasps from the listening audience there. <laughs> that, that, that Trevor hasn't read this book. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, what well, my my sort of knowledge of it is based on the two films. Um, okay, well. So it's fair to say that Black Panther stole from this too. I think I think a lot of um, sort of epic Black Panther is about a small hidden Wakanda, land yeah. in Africa, and they're hiding a thing called vibranium, isn't it, vibranium, or something like that? Yeah. yeah, and they don't want to give it out to any. In the way, Black Panther's taken from Dune. Oh Jesus, Dune's been stolen. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, some royalties are due. The the Herbert family. <laughs> Well, I'm sure George R. R. Martin was quite possibly inspired with the whole Houses at War thing as well, yeah. with um, as Chris said, Game of Thrones. Yeah, possibly. Just, just, to, and Trevor, you could probably back me up here. Um, there, there were people who were kind of doing the space production, and they were sent off, and it was the a family that were brought in then. Um, yes. To continue, yeah. they were kind of brought in, uh, and and. Almost the Duke, who uh, Oscar Isaac plays. That's Leto. Yeah, yeah. He he almost thinks that they were brought in to fail, deliberately brought in to fail, because the place is kind of run down and it's a bit yeah. of a wreck. But they had more sort of noble intentions as well. So yeah. they do, whereas they're, they're looking to strike a sort of deal Peace. with the, the Freeman yeah. people. Yeah. Where, where it, can, it can sort of work out for both of them. And there's a, I think one of the great scenes in it that kind of gives you his human nature and the, the fact that the Duke is more of a people person is when he himself and obviously his son and a couple of others go out to actually see the spice being harvested yeah. um, in the in the desert and uh, obviously we'll get to it but uh, one of the worms is coming and they've, they've got yeah. a pretty good system to work out how to do it. They come and they lift the, the big, I don't know what it is tractor, we'll say it Tractor. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> um, they lift the tractor, but obviously that fails. And his intention is 
I don't care about the spice. I don't care how much money it is, what we're losing. Save I the man. Save the people. And that gives you his real. I thought that was a real good There's... scene for him and, and, and how he's. It, it instantly makes you feel like he's a great leader. Do you yeah. know? And it's, yeah, and, it's a, yeah, it's a it's good also, scene. Whenever he says to his. Um, uh, sorry, his son says. But uh, he, says, he says to his son, How many men are out there? And, and he says, um, Somebody says seven. Right? He says to the pilot, and the pilot says seven. And then um, I think the son says, um, But there's only room for six of us yeah. here. And he says, We'll work it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It was, I thought that I just loved that scene. I just thought the scene yeah. was. It built his character perfectly and yet had the action in it. You had the. Because obviously the worm itself in it and, and seeing how it worked out and yeah i just i thought it was a really edgier seat scene it was class really it, it, it's because it, it all felt um organic this the, the characterization of um, duke Lido and stuff um along and you know within this scene it all, all felt organic because yeah. villeneuve knows what he's fucking doing yeah, it's. I think. I think what added to it is you're you were almost getting two different things running that were complete opposites. And the fact that you had this real tense kind of felt like crescendoy music should be going along with it uh, of the the worm coming and uh, you know trying to get the man out in time, and then it keeps kicking back to and we'll get to it. But Paul uh, Atreides, who's obviously. Been, he's uh, on the sand for the first time, and uh, he's the spice is is kind of whirled up around him, and he's inhaled it, and he's having this real soft kind of moment. He's having a moment. moment, yeah, yeah, in the middle of this, and it keeps flicking between it, and I think it was just it was kind of like flicking between night and day, you know, like actiony on the edge of your seat to this real yeah. mellow, brilliant direction. Having, yeah, it was. Oh, I thought it was really, really well done. Really, really enjoyed it. You mentioned the score. We got to give a massive shout out to the yeah. fucking great Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Um, he, he, his music, like John Williams, his music means so much to a, uh, to a film. It's part of the, it's a character. Yeah. And the music in this is just brilliant. There's a great scene where they come down for the first time to the planet. So you got Paul. You got uh, is it Gurney, James Brolin? Yes. Yeah. And then you got Duke Leto, and they come down, and the music with the bagpipes. Yeah. But it's yeah. not really bagpipes. It is bagpipes, but it's it, it's it's a, enhanced bagpipes almost. Yeah, it's very uh, electronic. And it's, it's epic. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful, yeah. beautiful. And they have these fucking ships that They're look class. like dragonflies. Yeah. 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 Class. And I was watching it, and I was like, is that a Huey, Huey helicopter? But it not, and I, I kept looking at what is that? And I said, fuck, that's a dragonfly. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something here that's pretty, I'm kind of getting into the technology part because it is obviously set a long time in the future. Um, There is no, if you can rewatch it, there are no computers that you see during the whole movie and also no artificial intelligence either. Yeah. Um, and that actually from, well, I'm going to sound like Trevor here, that uh, links to the books um, and the fact that previously there was a war um, because uh, a long war um, because uh, of artificial intelligence. Um, so they decided not to use, they decided to, to wipe it all out wipe it all out and that became illegal so that's why you don't actually see any even though it's set so far in the future and you would expect robots or androids or you know even a, an alexa in the corner um 
you don't get any of it, which is and again weird. But Lucas good. used this in Star Wars as well, where it's the future or it's like distant planets or whatever. Um, but it, it, there's a historical feel to it as well. You know? Let's talk. Let's talk about again another film I stole from this completely, The Matrix, and you've got Neo, which is Paul. The chosen and then one. You've got you've got the you've got the witch, which is the Oracle. Yeah. So yeah. let me get this straight. Re- uh, Rebecca, my girlfriend, <laughs> plays yep. Jessica, the mother of Paul. Yeah. And they both have this connection. Let's call it the Force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For want of a better word. Why does she bring? Why does she harm him? And what? If, I don't get the test that he brought him. She brought him to the witch. And the witch gives him this test. I won't explain it in massive detail. You guys got to watch it. Puts his hand in the box. What do you do? But she's got this dagger that she can kill him in two seconds with. What was the test? I personally think it was that um, Rebecca Ferguson or Lady Jessica, or treatise. I think it's her treatise. Um, Miss Ferguson to you, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, is, um, she has actually been kind of almost training him or or kind of making him aware of that he is different i know um, that well, but what it is but th- th- that that's kind of against of what she should have been doing she was meant to um according to this for want of a better phrase coven of witches um she was meant to give birth to a daughter but she chose not to give birth to a daughter and give birth to a son but she's still you know very much um controlled and and, and part of this um you know coven I forget the name of of their, the 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 group of witches, um. But yeah, so basically, um, she, she's like torn between. Although she went out on her own and had a son intentionally, um, she um, what do you call it? She was also still, you know, um, you know, being controlled to a certain extent by these, you know, space witches. Um, so there was like a conflict of interests, um, you know. However, um, she was also she also belie- she wasn't sure. I believe at that point that Paul was the chosen one, the Messiah, and um, so at great risk she sort of um, brought him to the, the the head witch, and yeah. and then it was the head witch tested him in that way. You know the the pain thing, and she expected him to die. She actually expect the head witch expected him not to make it. And, and yes. just linking into what you were saying there, Trevor, I actually believe, and there's a comment I think. I think I'm almost sure that um, the Duke uh, Leto makes a comment to her saying, "You give me a son." So I'm almost under the assumption that he wanted the son. Quite possibly, and she yeah. loved yeah. him, and that's why. Because it, he makes a comment uh, to her at some point saying, "You know, I I love your son, and uh, you you give me a son," and and I think it's almost that that was hit. He was wanting the sun, and yeah. that's maybe why she went down that. I would imagine the book goes into this in detail. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much the most confusing part for me was their relationship. Um, we we'll, we we'll talk about a scene that I saw that kind of weirded me out a bit, but we'll get to it real quick. Let's talk about some of the characters here. Um, we've got. Uh, I love to see my the best my my favorite character. Turn it off right now, guys. If we don't want to hear this, but he gets it. But he. Guys like a badass. We got Duncan, who's pretty much the lead bodyguard. Yeah. Bodyguard. Jace Momoa. Jace, yeah. Aquaman. He's he pretty good. So yeah, he's he is good in it, but that, he's not the best character. And and I'll tell you who my best character all is. All right, all right. We'll we'll challenge it. We'll challenge it. My, I would um, go 
can I can I give my one? Yeah, go for it. What do you got? I think Stellan Skarsgård as the Baron is class, and I think the the Rank way who? the the way that they portray him is unbelievable. It's 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 the fact that he's never in a full shot of full lighting. It's always always in that shadow, or it's his it's his demeanor. It's do you know who it would remind you of? Almost like the Marlon Brando in um, Apocalypse uh, Now. Apocalypse Now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Almost identical. I, I was thinking Jab of the Hut. I. <laughs> well, apparently, apparently, uh, the character was um, the reason he's so base is um, he was cursed um, by the witches. The witches like put a, a hex on him or a spell or whatever um, for him to become obese, um, so he could no longer walk. Hence the the floating stuff. I think his. See his portrayal of the Baron. The, his portrayal of the Baron is unbelievable. Yeah, he's it's a incredible. brilliant actor. The, it's the fear without being fearful. If you know what I mean, it's it's Medicine. just as yeah, it's just it's just his demeanor and it's his slow kind of speech and is is one of the scenes that I think's unbelievable. Is see when he's in that bath of almost like tar. It's like yeah, regenerate yeah. oil. See the way he just he kind of comes up out of it, his head, and then he's like, it's almost, it's his, I think you're just seeing the back of his head, and then he's talking about, he says, just kill them all, and he's like, and he just slips back in, he just sinks all the way back in. I thought that was matter of fact, yeah, yeah. He's just he's like, kill them all. He's, well, I, let's let, let's let's piggyback on that because he's in the oil because he got hurt. Yeah. So for some reason, the oil rejuvenates him. We won't get into that. We'll probably find out in the sequel. But um, that there film tells- Angelina Jolie that stole it from there. No, they you know that there was. Oh yeah, spend the bullets. <laughs> wanted. Yeah, wanted. <laughs> Gee, dude, poor dude gets ripped off by everybody. <laughs> no, but um, so when they go to the planet to remind it, remind it <laughs> to to get it up and running again for good cause. That still in Skarsgård, the, the Baron. And oh, I just I don't I didn't get his name, but we'll say Bustista. Bustista, <laughs> the beast, the beast. That's it. Beast Robin. Yep. He looks at the witch's eyes, and the witch says, "You do not touch those fucking people." And a discussion, you do not hurt them. And so he goes, "I will not hurt them. I give you my word." She leaves, which, by the way, she would have known he lied because isn't she a witch? But anyways, <laughs> he says to his his buddies, and he goes. You can't, you can't, you, you can't attack him. You promised the witch, but he says something, but he does attack him. Yeah, there. He said, "Was there a loophole that I was missing here?" They're, they're fa- It's not even so much about the spice. It's their families have been worn, and it's, yeah. it, it was. It's almost that um, the barn. Yeah, the barn wants to actually end their blood bloodline. That's his. He, th- that's his goal. So he actually thinks that. And and you actually get when he's um when he kills the duke or well the duke kills himself but when he's with the duke he actually he's he's saying about it and he's saying that he wants to end the bloodline and he's he says his son's dead because he's expected his son's being yeah um, killed when he was taken away in the dragonfly thing yeah um so that that's a, it's not it's not in relation to the space and and that also makes me think that that's why the family were almost orchestratedly put there. So that this attack could take place and he could end their bloodline, and and then he obviously then is, I know the biggest baddest 
guy on the planet. What <laughs> what I love about this is, uh, well, one of the things I love about it is that there's, there's layers upon layers of storytelling. Yeah. You know, this is science fiction for adults. You know, and it's pure cinema. And I think it is. It is. People have been crying out for it for years, and I think it's it, it's come at the right time. You know, I would I would go as far, and you'll probably jump on me for saying this, but I would go as far as saying this has possibly been the best sci-fi movie in the last twenty years. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Just to, I, I would say we haven't had this type of filmmaking and storytelling properly since um, Jackson's The Lord of the Rings, tri- original Lord of the Rings trilogy, not the Hobbit trilogy, yeah. the Lord, his Lord of the Rings trilogy 20 years ago. And it's jam-packed with very, very, very big, good actors. There's no, like, yeah. everybody, like, even even Baptista, who obviously um, has a wrestling background and stuff, maybe may not be known for his acting ability, but I thought he was quite good in it. And he no, came but I, that's, well. he looks a part of the henchman. You know what I mean? He, he, he's menacing, intimidating. People gets say that, yeah, you know, because Bastista's not stupid. He plays the roles he's made to play. Yeah. yeah, he's always the henchman. Yeah, but he's a good actor. Great, great comic comedic timing. Yeah, but does, I yeah. like I like seeing him, and that's the same thing. You can say the opposite. You can say the same thing with Jason Momoa. But there's a likability to the guys. Yeah, yeah, um, and that to me goes a, goes a long way. And of course, Bastista worked really well with. Uh, Dennis Vallejo when he did uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine for him yeah, yeah. Uh, very good scene which is another uh, epic um, superb film um, yeah one of, one of the one of the things that I kind of take from the movie as well is the two different families so obviously the uh, the beast is uh, the nephew of the Baron yeah they're all there's related no, yeah there's no there's no warmth there's no love there's nothing yeah. even amongst their people there's nothing whereas there's I many's a time where, especially Paul, when he first gets to the planet, um, the first thing he does is run over and hug. Um, uh, is it Turfer? Yeah, yeah, the, Turfer. The black uh, again. Yeah, when he when he sees uh, Duncan for the first time, he runs over and hugs. Sorry, it's Duncan. Duncan. Sorry, yes, it's Duncan. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a love and a warmth amongst one family, and then it's almost like it's it is almost like Star Wars with the the, the you know the dark side of the barn and as you know maybe uh, Dave Baptista is kind of a Vader or whatever. You know, there's no yeah. It's it it's very very well done, and yet on the side then kept very much in the shadows don't see them that much yeah the problem is yeah. is is the is the, the 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 people that live on the planet which is exactly what's happening they've been shunned do you know what i mean well, so it, it's very well written it, i would imagine that um herbert um very much based the, the the families in this um on real life historical royal families because you know back whenever it was written in the 20th century you know, all of these sort of royal families about Europe and stuff, they were all sort of marrying each other and related to each other and it was all this yeah. and then there was all this conflict and all these wars and um, you know, it was it was basically the, the sort of royal families about Europe and stuff, especially in the early twentieth century, you know, with the, the Russian czars and stuff. And basically um, playing chess, you know, like war games with um, the the little people as the pawns, you know. Mm-hmm. So the you know, the little people in this case being the Freeman, you know, on Arrakis. Yeah. All right, let me let me get something. Okay, so we've got the guys in the beginning. We got the Harkins. They're bad guys. That's the Barons and Bustista's team, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so then who are the? Oh Christ, I got so many flipping names. Why can't they just have the Andersons? 
<laughs> Fuck's sake! There's basically three, three, three. Um, okay, who people who here. is who is the Sudurkers? The Sudurkers? Yes. Is that the witches? Yes, that's the witches. Yeah. Okay. So the Covenant witches are, are the Sudurkers. Yes. Okay. I believe. And, so, yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I got it. So those are the the three. Yeah, Apart, yeah, yeah. But basically, the, 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 there's three people, three, well, four main peoples involved four. here. Yes, yeah, four. Yeah. There is, um, there's the Atreides family, which is Paul, um, your girlfriend. Yeah. Yes, and, <laughs> and then there is the Harkonnen family, which is the Baron, and all yeah. that. Then there is the Freeman people, and then there is the witches Fromen. who have apparently been pulling the strings for centuries. Yeah. Okay. But it's, it's very much like. It's very much about keeping the bloodline going. That, yes. Well, any that, as royal families do, or at least yeah. historically they've done. The Atreides family and then the the uh, Harkonnen family are very much oriented about keeping their bloodline going. And it, 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 the Duke actually makes a comment to Paul. Uh, Paul's, I think he wants to go out with him uh, to the to on the desert, and he yes, says no. But he wants to protect them. Um, you need to be stay safe, and he goes. But sure, Granddad uh, used to fight bulls. And he says, yeah, look what happened to him. And that actually links back to the uh, Paul's grandfather um, was killed by a bull. Um, not just a normal bull. It's a, it's a, a bull that has two brains and multiple horns. Yeah. And that, the head of the bull is actually, you, you probably might have referenced it when uh, the Duke is being killed. It flicks to the bull's head on the wall. Yes, yes, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, and that's... That's his his whole thing is keeping his son safe because he wants his bloodline to continue. The bull thing, I think, is also tied into ancient mythology and stuff as well, like Greek mythology, because of course the, these are humans who originated on Earth. You know, the, the, their ancestors originated on Earth, but yep. then they they eventually sort of moved out into the stars. But I mean, there's there's so much going on here. I mean, uh, and even that stuff with the bull sort of brought to mind. You know, you have the Greek mythology, Minotaur, and stuff yeah. like that. You know. It's, um, yeah, I, yeah, it's so much going on, but it's so yeah. well done. It's, it's let's just jump in more into the we'll kind of wrapping up with the couple of main scenes in the film, and we'll lead up to the end. So we're introduced to Stillgard, who's played by I'd love to see him, Javier by them, brilliant, mm-hmm. love him, yeah, class. So, the, so he's the he's the lead Froman, mm-hmm. and he walks up and he spits. <laughs> and, yeah. the other, and he goes, "No, that's a sign of respect." He's, I couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing. You know why? Yeah. Ace Ventura 2. Yeah. You remember right. that? When he goes to the tribe in Africa well. and they start spitting each other. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. It's classic. But yeah, it, but it was a great scene because it's, he seems, uh, Dennis seems to be, uh, Dennis on a first name basis. He's very good at character introduction. Yeah. So yeah. each scene, when you're introduced to a certain character, you pretty much give him, he tells you who this guy is or who she is. Okay, um, for a scene when you meet my girlfriend Jessica, or I know her as Bex, she, <laughs> you know right away her deal and how protective of she is of, of Paul yeah. and her. Exactly, gift. you know this scene right away when you meet uh, Stillguard that this guy's not going to take shit from anybody. He doesn't but has respect. He's do he's do he's, he's yes. basically uh, professional filmmaking where. Um, their introductions um, and their sort of exposition is um, it's it, it's it's organically weaved into the the plot and the story, and it's it's not spelt out like the audience are idiots. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it happens yeah. organically within the story, which is the fucking right way to do it. 
even just the character of Paul when he's very quiet and he's always when he's talking to his mom, he's always being educated or something. He's kind of a recluse. Um, but once he sees Duncan, he jumps all over him like a like a like yeah. like a puppy. Yeah. Um, Can I say as well? Same- Timothy Chalamet is very impressive as Paul. Y- yes. Yeah, I thought he was very good. He has yeah. that vulnerability and the sort but- of reluctant sort of messiah, you know, um, thing going on. I, I think but- he portrays it very very well. Yeah, but you actually see him growing during the film. 100%. From, and again, it's all organic. Yeah, it's as as Kieran nailed it there. He, he it's his. He acts like a wee puppy and a and a boy, like a, a small boy, seeing somebody looks up. But by the end of the film, he's taking a man's life and he's tell and he's and he's actually keeping his mother alive. He's, yes, you know he tells her this is the kind of movie we need to make. Yeah, and it, you you see sure. him develop through the film it's, and as you say it's not put in your face it's so subtle and, 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 and it's so organic and it's yeah. it's professional filmmaking but yeah. uh, at, at its very best and um, you know I, I, I think I think it's um, fantastic um, yeah so the scene I was talking about when the the bad guys the sneak attack yeah, yeah. there's two sneak attacks um, yeah the, well the first one was where Everyone gets, pretty much everyone gets it. This is where uh, our boy, the Duke, gets it uh, with the little poison dart. What the fuck is with the blue and the red shields? It, it's, a, it's a shield that is kind of built in, so you can take a, 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 a certain amount of damage before yeah, it, it breaks. becomes fatal. Yeah. And when it breaks, it becomes red. So that's when you know it's a yeah. fatal blow. Okay, so it blues the shield, and then it, as it's becoming vulnerable... Yes, yeah. Usually, yeah. It, that's you'll probably see it. An electronic shield for what I mean, it's probably not electric yeah. within the story, but you know what I mean. You know, it's it's when you see Duncan, you see him taking a lot of blue hits, and then it'll go. He go, goes red when he starts taking red hits, and he and he sinks to the ground, and that's to give you the thought that he's taking a fatal blow. But then he gets up. Now he, he has taken a fatal blow, but he fights on, um, and then everything after that is obviously his shield is destroyed. So it's it's. A, it's red. Every mark he's hitting after yeah. that's red. Yeah. So, yeah it's, and pa- um, Paul and um, Gurney, Josh Brolin, um, use the shields in their like training fight at, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's what I was asking. What happened to Gurney? Um, spoiler alert. Uh, no, no. If it's part part two, we don't want to hear. Yeah, but he's. But well, I, I didn't miss anything. He didn't die. He just disappears. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. He. Oh uh, well, you've already said that there's going to be spoilers in this. Um, so yes, um, he does return in the second part. Uh, at least, okay. No, I know. I change I, it. Not ju- only has to change it for this version. No, yeah, no, because ju- I I didn't miss anything. That's fine. Because the problem I'm having is that we're talking about the death of the Duke, right? We're talking yeah. the death of Duncan. Um, we lost our boy, which we'll find. Josh Brolin will come back, but we're losing all the best characters. <laughs> well, well, the to, to, uh, to add to that, Kieran, there is a method of um, that they can. And I, I'm, I've, I heard this in a bit of. I was doing a bit of background info for the podcast. They can actually put the the bodies or the the minds of people that have perished back into a, another body, whether That's it is a- artificial intelligence, I don't know. But they, th- there is anybody who is currently dead has the potential of being in the second film. Which is now, now, now we're going to the whole now. Good, great. Dukes can become Obi Wan. Yeah, <laughs> Force Ghost. Yeah. Can I just well, say as well? Um, in what? in our last podcast, 
um, for Malignant. I stated that I don't particularly like um, CGI in horror films and I feel it works much better if done well in science fiction. Well, here's a perfect case in point. Yeah. It had issues. <sighs> no, no, it's that, and that's minor. I mean, I, won't, I wasn't even going to bring him up, but since he's putting down Malignant, I'll come after him. Go for it. No. Um, no, some of the backdrops were completely green screen. You could tell. 100%. I mean, it was, don't get me wrong, that's an imperfection. That I would never bring it up, but since he's attacking a horror film, I'm going to go after him. So let me ask you, okay, so there's two attacks, right? The first ones were they pretty much kill Duke, right? Uh, yeah, I, like well, the, I, I do like the two thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. yeah, he's betrayed, he's betrayed by Yen, that Yeah, Dr., Dr. Wellington Yen, yeah. he puts down the defenses that are around the... The planet or the base, and uh, because the Baron has his family, yeah, and and that's what allows um, their ships in to kind of mount a aerial assault and put their troops down onto the into the base, which obviously they can overrun. Um, and uh, then the Baron does what he does with um, with the Duke. Yeah, I mean, it's a good scene because it was weird because it's cliche, though, for these films. You got the guy who betrays his buddy, and he's going to get, oh, you're going to go back to your wife and do this. Well, clearly the guy's going to kill him. Yeah, well, you know? I think he knew so, that anyway. The, you know, yeah. the character knew that, the doctor. You've, you've got to remember that that Yan, Yan just didn't give up. You might have noticed that he's got like a, a black tattoo yeah. diamond yeah. in his head. That that's what's given to them when they um, become doctors or medical, and it's that they will always look for the best intentions and to try and save people. So not only is he given up the family that he works with for, but he's given up all that he believes in as well. And so, his own family. And and his own family. It it it. If you look deeper into it, it's it's desperation and it's the last it's the last chance he's got. And I think Trevor's completely right when when he says that. He knows he's not going to survive this. He knows, but it's he's but not. He got his revenge anyway by giving um, the Duke, the, you know, the, the poison exactly. tooth thing. He knows, he knows, but he's got no other chance. If it's it's almost like even if there's a one percent chance that I can save my wife, I will do this. I'll take it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let me ask you this: to piggyback on that scene, we when he when the the Baron betrays Yoon, when he bites down on the tooth, yeah. the Duke, and kills everyone in the room. How the fuck did the Baron survive that? The Baron, that, with that's the why you see him on the roof. Regenerative thing, but that's why you see him. Was on the that roof. was? Oh, is that him on the roof? That's him on the roof. He he's. Oh, got I never his, saw the face. I thought it was some kind of maid or something. No. <laughs> do you know? Do you know the way he floats? Oh yeah, just a bit to say. Also, we can he, float. He took off to the roof, uh, kind of far away from the gas, and sat there above, maybe above the gas. Oh, but he still took a part of it. That. So he was still, yeah. he was still uh, impacted by it. But that's when they come in. Everybody else is dead, and he's he's like okay. clinging onto the roof. Um, so we lose him, and the Jessica and Paul are in the desert at this point. Um, Brilliant. Uh, great, great. You know, you think uh, Dennis has this way of Dennis. <laughs> he has a way of. If any other director would have done this, some of the scenes you would have went, oh, God, this won't end. You know how sometimes scenes could be long and drawn out? This didn't seem long and drawn out. They seemed every scene and every shot seemed a necessity for the story to be told. Yeah. Um, so kudos to him. Two hours and 35 minutes flew by. Oh, yeah. and do you know what? You need to watch it again to, to, to pick up everything. 
Yeah, There's so oh, I much definitely... going on. You need to watch it again. As Kieran says, everything is important. You know what I mean? Or it serves yeah. a purpose. It, it, yeah. it drives the story forward more. Yes, it's a slow-paced story, but it's meant to be. But every single scene, every single shot drives it, um, you know, progresses the story that little bit more. Everything has a point to it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's all good by me. So the second attack, when they, him and his mom go back, this is where Duncan gets it. Um, bad, yeah. Badass death, yes. badass death. But there's a great shot, fucking my favorite shot of the film. Uh, there's two shots, actually. It was really good. First shot is when Duncan... Can't he's told stay here? You can't be. You can't be part of this meeting. Um, he's like, okay. So he goes into like this kitchen with has flowers all over it. It looked mirror image to Aunt Bruce and all in Star Wars. Their kitchen. Yeah. Did you catch that? It was so creepy. It just brought me back to 1977 Star Wars in the kitchen of yes. Aunt Beru. Is that what Aunt Beru and? Yeah. Um, but anyways, I just want to throw that in there. But this is the scene where. Okay, the men who killed Duncan, that's still part of the Baron's team. Yeah, that's their kind of special ninja They're the SWAT team. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That scene where they're floating down is fucking awesome. Yeah. And they think they're all badasses. I'm like, these guys are cool. And then all of a sudden, the Fromans show up. Um, They lose. Yeah. But they... It's, I love when the Fromans just jump out of the out of, out of the uh, the desert, well, the sand. Uh, and they're more, they're, and, and the Freemen are more sort of um, tribal guerrilla warfare types. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But they, they uh, have entered their world. Yes. You know, they have they have they heard them coming. They heard them coming. That's why you know you see the isn't that the the wee game they're playing is on the ground and they've disappeared. So you think, so they, they you know they have entered their realm. Um, and they're able to fight, even though they probably don't have the technology and advancements that that, that the other guys have. It's yeah, it's class. Yeah, it was a cool scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I just thought the imagery of it was cool. Um, but yeah, so when they escape the second time after Duncan pretty much sacrifices himself for them to escape, they end up back in the desert, and this is coming to the conclusion where. Paul and Jessica. There's a scene where he's they got to change into these cool outfits, and these outfits that generate water from your from sweat, sweat, so yeah. you can never dehydrate. Um, it's pretty cool, actually. Doctor, um, can we just can we just give kudos to Doctor Keynes or Keynes? Oh she, yes, she her scene her last scene is quality. Yeah, she, it, it was, she brings in she she puts the thumper down. So the thumper yes. is a thing that distracts the worms so she can then move across the desert. Um, and just as she puts it down, she gets attacked um, by um, the Barnes man. Yeah. So she just, she obviously knows that she's, the worm's coming. she's on her way out. So she starts banging her fist yeah. to bring it to them. And then it just swallows them all. It's yeah, She sacrifices herself, but it's The just, worms are pretty fucking cool as well. Brilliantly realized. They're very, very good. Again, uh, reminds you of Star Wars with the kind of the Jabba the Hutt, or not the Jabba the Hutt, the Sardak, um, Boba the Sar- Fett, the Sardak pet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought of Tremors with the big worms, yeah, and they only go by sound. Yeah, so, there's a scene where Paul and Jessica have to get to the rocks. Yeah, and that's when they run me of Tremors. Uh, even though Dune did this first. Um, okay, well, there's a scene where so anyways they're dressing, and he's undressing, and he see turns to look at her son. It's a creepy moment. 
Yeah. It almost. Do you know? Do you know the scene I'm talking about? Yes, I know the scene. Yeah. Yep. But you turned away. I, I I thought it was actually handled very sensitively because um, they were like stripping off, and then she tur- but she turns away and she does like the the right thing, you know. No, yeah, I, I just no. I don't think you saw what I saw there, Trevor. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, Karen. I don't think she's looking at him like that. Not I think she's, no. I I think she's almost looking at him because you've got to remember you've you've got to remember that she's kind of like a queen figure. So it's almost like right, we're getting I'm getting changed in front of him. Is you know is he looking at me? You know, even though it it's was her all, son, yeah, I agree. It yeah. it's it's more of a it's kind of they're put into an uncomfortable situation, and she wants to make sure. It's He's not looking as comfortable as possible yes, for her I agree. Um, and for him. I think okay. I think it's more of, you know, they are royalty after all, in a, in a sense. And now they're, you know, fighting for their lives in the middle of a desert, which, again, if you remember the home planet that they've came from, which was full of water and, fu- yeah. you know, it, 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 it's, it's a complete different world. It's a vulnerable <laughs> and, moment then. Yeah. Yes. So I'm, I'm almost Vulnerable is that, the word, the key word. Yeah. yeah 100%. Yeah. Okay. All right. It better be because I'm going to have a call. I'm going to have a little conversation with Rebecca later. You're just yeah. You're and just jealous because it wasn't you getting changed in front of her. <laughs> damn it! I want to be your son. <laughs> Kieran throwing th- Kieran throwing the talc into the suit. The giant. <laughs> yeah. You know, rolling about in the ground with both legs in, just shimmying into it. I'm going to get I'm going to get my bath with my bath with oil in it and get all rejuvenated and just. Oh boy. Um, okay. So near the climax, we meet. We finally get Spider Man's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Um who he's had dreams about the whole time. Um so this is where we see Harvey Obardem again and he's still kind of a douche to everybody and he tries to he says no. he says well, I don't let agree. Me no 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 I, I the first agree. part. Yes he is. The first he's second. just embattled. He's just embattled and uh, sort Let of... me finish. Okay. <laughs> all right. So he's being all badass and nothing you know and he like says Paul you're young you're good you can stay but I'm going to take her out. She obviously, fuck you, I'll, you know, kick your ass. And she proves that she can fight. So he would have killed her if he had the chance, but obviously she overpowered him. Remember, remember, Kieran, what you said earlier on about the first introduction that you've met with these characters and the first introduction you've met with him, it's all about respect. And that's what this is. And it's almost okay. that he's, he know he, the respect of his fellow people that he's with there. He knows they respect him and he respects them. He doesn't know these two people necessarily. And they, they earn his respect. And in fact, when one of his own team members shows a lack of respect, that's when he's kind of almost pushed out. Not pushed out, but he's, he fights Paul. I have and to say. So you know, ahead. it's it's all very much respect-orientated. I, I, that's the kind of vibe yeah, I yeah. get from Stilgar. It's, yeah. you know... It's, it's practicality. We can't carry anybody. If you show respect, look at respect. And if you if you've got uh, if you're able to bring something to the table, you can live and 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 we'll look after you. But that's why I looked at the. I think he was almost kind of gauging of how kind of working the two people out, kind of working Paul and his mother out. And he, that's why he stated the he knew himself that you know they weren't going to go easily. And and I think it. That their team probably could have overpowered them with casualties, but it. I think that was almost a test. But it's all about respect. And then when Paul actually does what he does, he's earned a respect. That's well. Let me you know, let, let me piggyback on that. 
we talked about um, <laughs> Stillgard, and okay, fine. He she proves Jessica proves that she's badass. He's like, okay, you're cool. I'll let that bother me. Why? Was that? Why? Why? Why did the other guy then insist on fighting Paul? Why because was he, he so? He didn't believe that the they should be taking them in and 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 bringing them to their own. They're outsiders. Mm-hmm. Remember the last the last family that were that were currently doing taking the spice and doing what they were doing fought and killed these people. Yeah. So he's very much of a of a old school didn't want defensive. Them. Yeah, yeah, don't don't these are outsiders. Don't They're bring not them into yeah. us. Whereas Stilgar kind of said, I can't say it again. There's a level of respect there that he sees, and he's like, "Well, maybe there's something different here." And and you you got to remember when he met him first, he knew who he was. Stilgar knew who Paul was because he turns to him and he says something like, "I know, or I've heard yeah. about you, or you're, yeah. who, are you who the, you say you are?" So he knows who he is. So that's why I think it's a bit of a test. There's a bit of respect there, and it's as soon as uh, James steps out of line, that respect's broken, and he's allowed to fight to the death. You know, he's he's not yeah. he's not protected by his team or by Stilgar or anything. There's an honourable thing. It's an honour thing yeah. there, where it's 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 um one on one type thing, and nobody's allowed to interfere. You know. Yeah. I I do love the line where Stilgar goes, turns to Jessica and goes, "Is she toying with him? Is he toying with him? Because Paul wouldn't kill him. He kept trying to. Yeah. And the mother and the mother says he hasn't. This is his first kill. He's never killed anyone yeah, before. Yeah. And anyone. then when he finally does it, it's a really fucking great scene. Because uh, you felt sorry for the guy you killed, even though he's kind of being a douche. But, yeah. But but James, you feel sorry for both parties, actually yeah, Paul yeah. as well, because Paul didn't want to kill him. But there's an undertone as well, which is incredible in this fight yes. scene. Um, and 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 if if you remember about the the visions that um Paul has had, there's actually been three visions with James involved. One of them, James is uh, teaching him how to fight. Yeah. Uh, the other one is that James kills him, stabs yeah. him, kills him, and the last one is that James takes him and says that he'll show him the way of the Mentor desert. Him. So, even though you think that none of those come, you know, none of those visions actually come true because James has been killed by the sword. All three of them have came true in the fact that with James teaching him how to fight, that then that then let him fight against them and know know his opponent James killed him because in fact a part of Paul probably kind of died a wee bit his his innocence and his frailty died by killing James and and also James did show him the way of the desert because he's now by killing James he has now integrated himself with these people so even though they weren't directly done the work all the visions did come to fruition so it's. I thought that that's probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. I thought I picked Powerful up. On that. I think it was this the second time watching that. I was like, "Wow, that's pretty." That, yeah. You need to be. You need to be intricate to pick that up. And that's. I thought it was very, very good. And it also lets you know that Paul's visions don't necessarily have to take place the way that you see them. It's more yeah. the meaning of them that can take place, and they can be the the kind. Yeah, the the, the visions can be muddled. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. what um, is actually said at the very, very start of the movie. It's uh, in a different language. Um, About the dreams? That, the dreams, yeah. The, the, 
the I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's it it, it kind of links into his, his say, dreams. Dreams or yeah. messages from beyond or something or yeah, some words to that effect. Yeah. But um, yeah, very. I very did clever. I did find it a very bit clever. of a, and this is my only well, one of my very very few niggles I have. Um, whenever Jessica overpowered Javier Bardem's um, character, I found was a bit of a stretch in believability. The reason being, she was like um, this pampered concubine to the Duke. She would have, I don't think she would have had any battle experience. Uh, and he was this hardened warrior in the desert. Yeah, you've got to remember though, Trevor, that, you know, she, she did she has the force. Yeah, well, she she has she has that mental ability, but her husband, you see him fighting with his uh, generals at uh, one of the start of the mm-hmm. movie as well. I I do I do believe that, and I do think that she is that type of mother that would fight for her son and has that ability. Yeah, as the well. maternal instinct. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I think that she probably does have a certain amount. I get what you're saying. I almost think that he let her. In, in, in some regard, let yeah. her do what he did because it brought, it was the only way that they, he was going to allow that. Paul and them to come along. Exactly. And and he knows, this all goes back to, he knows who Paul is. He knows there's something more about Paul that is of a benefit to the That's people. a very good point. Actually. So I, I think that um, in his head, he's probably done the whole thing right. Well, if this is this is the only way it can maybe take place for them to be accepted by the rest of the gang, and even at that, one of them didn't accept it. So, I think it's it's clear. I do think she's got a bit of a, a bit of a backbone to her. Yeah. But I do think that he let that happen. No, I, I mean that, that's an excellent point. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, that pretty much yeah it comes to the end. They become they become Froman at the end of this film, pretty much, and that's where the film ends. Um, then it says Doom Somebody riding a worm. Class. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's my pit. Uh, there you go. That's it. Got much more to say. Wow. Um, real quick. Uh, uh, I know Chris, but real quick, final thought. Uh, please, please watch this film. This is, for for me personally, I enjoy, this is the, the exact type of film that I enjoy the most. It's my the genre and i do like cars but this sci-fi the storytelling i think this movie is has the possibility of being like 30 40 years down the line something that is still spoken about and still rated extremely highly um i two years to wait for the second one coming out it's going to be a bit of a drag but um hey at least it's come out um i I just think i i think this movie is and I know you have your small wee gripes there, but I think, you know, this movie is uh, one of the best movies that we have had in in a long in, in recent recent times. This has been one of the most enjoyable, well written, clever, a bit of everything going on, rewatchable movies. That it's yeah, I could watch it again now. Brilliant, really, really cool. good. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoy it, man. It's cool. Good, uh, Trevor. Yeah. Without mentioning David Lynch. Here we go. I am not <laughs> going to mention David Lynch. <laughs> no, you mentioned him. <laughs> no, um, for me, this is this is pure cinema at its very best. This is um, proper adult storytelling, multi-layered, um, brilliantly realized, brilliantly acted. Um, I think it is a superb return to real filmmaking and real cinema. And 
Um, here, here. I can't wait to see the second one. Yeah, I mean, I, I when I was watching this, uh, I was like, because uh, they made a couple of these. They made Dune, obviously we just talked about it earlier, with David Lynch's. Then we, they made a miniseries with William Hurt, uh, I think by USA Network or Sci-Fi Channel, one or two, which actually got really good reviews. It's a miniseries. I think it was like six hours long. That's supposed to be yeah, pretty I fair seen in the book. Actually, but yeah. I don't know what. Yeah. Um, but like, after seeing this, I didn't think I'd get into it, but I, I, I got to admit, I really enjoyed it. it sucks because all my favorite characters die. But like you mentioned, Chris, he, they could come back. Or do they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, visually, I mean, we don't, we didn't, we haven't, we, uh, the visual facts are, besides, yes, I have some backdrop issues, the green screen and stuff, but that's so fucking minor. But fucking, we guys, yeah. got, we talked about Hans Zimmer, we talked about Dennis Play, we talked about the director, we talked about the actors. They're spot on, they're fine. But yeah. fucking hell, do we need to give a massive applause to the art direction, the production yeah. designer, the visual effects crew, the, everybody, the model, the modeling team, the everybody who put their hand onto this set. I mean, kudos. The cinematography is fucking brilliant, yeah. and you're you're fucking shooting in sand. I know that's crazy, um, and how clear it is. Um, it's just. Gorgeously shot. I mean, it's done by the guy who's very character driven. Uh, with his big first, first, my first big intro to him was a movie called The Prisoners, with Hugh Jackman and, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Then he did Arrival, which is more sci-fi. wasn't a fan of it, but it was decent enough. Then he did Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which I think is fucking underrated gem. I see him here. I agree. Um, and again, all about the characters and the and it. They're slow talkers. There's no, you know what doing is class act. What Dune is, yeah. What Dune is, it's, 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 it's a character study, and it's all about the dialogue, and you, and and, and each word is slowly pronounced, just like let's go over there and we'll take it this way and that way. They don't rush the dialogue; mm-hmm. it's not rushly edited. The guy took his time; he knew what he was going to shoot, and he stuck with it. Can I say as well? So, at the same time, it is not pretentious either. No. Yeah, there's no. Yeah. There's no, yeah, it's it, it doesn't give it to the finger. It's just it's, thoughtful. It, so thoughtful. Yeah, it's deep and it's, profound and thoughtful. Yep. So it, we'll see where it goes from there. Um, we just found out earlier this morning they weren't know if they were going to green light Dune 2, which they now have. Um, and it's, it's, which is nice to, uh, nice to see. Um, and hopefully we get, you know, yeah, a good ending. Well, is, is it three parts, or is he just going to be two, two? Apparently, two. yeah, he's going to yeah make the long. He's going to make the second one a little longer. I think he decided to do. Yeah, because he was going to do three parts, but I think the studio says I think we could do it in two, uh, which is fine with me. Because after seeing the fucking Lord of the Rings twelve, I got <laughs> <laughs> the director's cut. We're Jesus still, Christ, Talk, Lord of the Rings. They're still filming. I, it. L- Lord. <laughs> Lord of the Rings Jesus. 9, we're still walking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> fucking hell. Lord of the Peter Jackson, I love you, man. But you need to go back to doing your cool stuff like, you know, you know the, fright, the Frighteners and, you know, Lord, Bad Taste in fel- all those films. Yeah, Fellowship of the Ring. Then there was the Lord of the Rings, We Lost the Map. Then there was the <laughs> Lord of the Rings, Wrong Turn. Then there was Lord of the Rings. Bumped in the Gollum. Uh, oh my god uh, yeah this was actually a massive pleasant surprise for me I'm shocked I wasn't I was like yeah we'll do Dune it's a new one we might as well check it out but I just finished it and I just said and I was like wow that's that's kudos nice job yeah 
to the team. Um, that's wrapping this one. Uh, guys, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank loved you. It. Really loved awesome. this one. Really loved this one. Yeah, yeah. It's the first time we're all agreed on something, I think. <laughs> Uh, but listen follow us on citizen frame underscore podcast and of course facebook we appreciate all the downloads and following if you want to give us a shout out on facebook or on instagram feel free to do that what you thought of dune um especially being a big new release you know a lot of reviews are just starting to still come out feel free to add your comments um the new issue of phantasmagoria is out now is that correct yes it's um the carl edward wagner special um, our sort of tribute to the um, great fantasy and horror author. And uh, yeah, it's available from Amazon and also Forbidden Planet International Belfast and Forbidden Planet Megastore London. Um, all right, that's a wrap on this one. Guys, take care of yourselves. Have a good night and we'll talk soon. <laughs>